Well, good morning, church. So good to be together uh, this morning. Love to worship with you. What a great time of worship we have had already. And it just lifts my heart to sing with you, to praise him with you, to pray together. I'm excited to be with you again today from the Gospel of John, chapter 16. If you'll be turning there, uh, this is an exciting time to see the Word of God as it directly is applying into our lives. We've been on this study of what happened, the things that were said, the things that were taught that last night that Jesus was with us on planet Earth. He took time that evening knowing that he was about to be arrested, knowing that he was going to be crucified, to speak truth into the lives of those that he loved so very, very much. And so we've been looking at what are the things he said? What are the things he did that night that so impressed his disciples and so encouraged and enabled them to live under these very, very difficult times? Last week, we found the disciples greatly despondent. They were really discouraged. Jesus had just told them that you need to understand this world has hated me and the world is going to hate you. And not only are they going to hate you, they're going to persecute you. And not only are they going to hate you and persecute you, they're even going to kill some of you. And when they do that, they're going to be convinced they did God a favor by eradicating you from the earth. I don't know about you, but those words would have caused me some serious pause. I'd have, I would have some step back on that. But at the same time, Jesus wanted to give them some encouragement. He wanted to give them a tr another truth. And so to the bad news, he wedded this incredible good news. And that is, it's to your advantage that I leave. Because if I leave, then I can send the Comforter, Holy Spirit, to you. As you look at John chapter 12, uh, 14 and 16, you see the, the greatest treasury of things that Jesus himself taught about the person and ministry of Holy Spirit. And so we're going to dig into a little bit of that again this morning. So if you've got your Bibles open now, uh, you've got your notes downloaded that we've sent out to you, we want to begin reading from uh, verse 6, chapter 16 and verse 6. Will you follow along in your Bible or there uh, on your device? And let's hear what the Word of God says to us. Jesus is speaking, and he says, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. I want to think, yeah, uh, you tell me along with these disciples that I'm going to be hated and persecuted and maybe even killed. Sorrow's filled my heart, yes. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, pay attention to this. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And then he clarifies. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. 
He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare to you. Pray with me about the word of God. Holy Spirit, these very verses are about you. And I ask you to, first of all, anoint me that in your anointing, I can speak and teach and share your word. That we'd anoint ears of every person who hears. That they might be able to not only hear with their ears, but hear with their heart and receive and understand. Holy Spirit, we come to you for a blessing. We come to you as the bread of life. We come to you as the living water. Because you are the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ alive within us. Interpret your word for us today, Lord. And apply it to our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus is offering comfort to his disciples that he's just discouraged in telling them what's going to happen. You know, the amazing teacher that he is, he knew that some things he could teach the disciples then, and there were some things they were just not ready to hear. As a matter of fact, some of the things he'd already told them this evening, they weren't ready to hear a week before or a month before or a year before. But Jesus, knowing all things, knows the timing of his teaching as well. Now, there are three very specific ministries of Holy Spirit described in this passage that we have been looking at. These are the things that Jesus was saying, this is how Holy Spirit is going to bring comfort, going to bring peace, going to enable you to go through these really hard times. That's really applicable to you and I right now because we're going through some hard times. We're being uh, segregated from one another. We're being separated from gathering together because it's just a prudent thing for us to do right now. But it's causing some real hardships, some very difficult times, and a deep, deep yearning in our heart to be back together. So how does Holy Spirit minister to us while we're going through these tough times? We're not being persecuted. Uh, we're not being singled out as just the church. This is just what we have to go through as people at a time like this to flatten the curve of this coronavirus and for us to be able to be safe. So what does the Holy Spirit did? We learned from last week that Holy Spirit is the encourager who comforts the church during the times of great persecution with his presence. Holy Spirit is the encourager who brings comfort to the heart of those who believe by bringing his presence to bear. I came across my devotional reading here uh, about two weeks ago, a line that says, just ask me to, for me to make you aware of my presence all throughout the day. I, I've been making that a regular prayer. I give it to you as well, to, that Holy Spirit would make you aware of his presence throughout the day. That's the first thing that enables us to get through difficult times is Holy Spirit brings encouragement and comfort by bring, magnifying his presence and bringing his presence to bear in our lives. What a wonderful journey that was last Sunday. So today I want to pick up with the second of these ministries of Holy Spirit beginning here just where we be, uh, le uh, began to read today in verse 5 and 6. Holy Spirit is the reprover Convicts the world of sin through the church. Now, you have your notes. You can fill in the blanks right here. Holy Spirit is the reprover 
who convicts the world through the church. Now, this is key. For three years, Jesus has been leading the disciples. And in all of the things he's been doing, he's been making a lot of friends, but he's also been making a lot of enemies. There are a lot of people who have not received him, have not accepted him, and really see him as being a real threat to the powers that be. And during the course of this last year especially, uh, of Christ on the earth, those were beginning to build genuine animosity and even plan for his demise. What was going on in the unseen world was that Satan was doing the very thing, trying to, to find a way that he could bring shame and bring an end to the ministry of God who had become flesh and blood. So what we find here is that during those three years, Jesus had protected the disciples. He'd sent them out a couple of times uh, under his authority and under his protection. But he knew the time was coming that he was going to be leaving. He was going to be taking out of the world. And he had to prepare them for these difficult times when he would be gone. What would he be doing? His very own essence, his very own spirit was going to come and magnify himself in their hearts. And that's why Jesus was saying, it's imperative to you that I go to be with the Father so Holy Spirit can come and perform his unique ministries in your midst. Not only would he be there to comfort and to give strength and empowerment to the individuals and to the church, Christ the Son would be ascended to the right hand of God the Father, ever there to be our advocate and making intercessions for us. So here's what I want you to see. Here, here is a big point I want you to know. Holy Spirit is a unique gift given, are you ready for this, given to the church, given to believers. And as he performs these ministries, he's performing these ministries in and through the church. Why is that significant, Brother Fred? Well, significant for this. Holy Spirit is in the world, and he does his work, but he chooses in many ways to do that work through the church. When God the Son came to do his ministry on the earth, he did it within the confines of of a body. He self-limited himself. Now Holy Spirit has been given to the church. He works within the body of Christ, within the body of individual believers that are the temple of Holy Spirit. And he chooses to impact the world through the church, through individual believers. Holy Spirit is a gift not to lost people. Holy Spirit is a gift to the church. And I want you to see that. Holy Spirit does not minister in a vacuum. He uses the body of Christ. And he uses the yielded bodies of individual believers through which to perform his ministry and work. He works in and through the lives of those he loves and in whom he lives. That is key. So what is it that he's going to be doing through the church, through believers? Three things that are mentioned right here. First of all, the key word is the word reprove. Your Bible may have the word convict. Both absolutely the same. They are legal. It's a legal term. It comes out of the courtroom. And it means to bring to light, to expose, to refute, 
to convict, to convince. It is evidence that demands a verdict. That's what this word reproof or convicting means. You know, this world many times sees themselves as judging the church, as whether Christians are really living up to what they understand should be the model. But you know, the Bible says it's really just the opposite. As we teach and we preach and we live our godly lives, we are actually judging the world, not the other way around. The purpose of Holy Spirit here is to bring indictment into the lost world. Indictment is like you and I are the witnesses. Holy Spirit is the prosecuting attorney. Those who are lost are those who have been called to trial. But here's the difference. This indictment is not to condemn, but to convict. That's a big difference. This indictment is not to condemn them. The purpose of the indictment is to convict them. And when their heart is pricked, then they can surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. If they don't, then it does serve to condemn. I want you to look specifically here at verse 9. See what it is the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit convicts the world of one particular sin. It's the sin of unbelief. The Holy Spirit convicts sinners of all, all of their sins, but precisely, specifically, he convicts the world of the sin of unbelief. It is unbelief that condemns. It's unbelief that brings about this condemnation. This is key. So the Holy Spirit wants to expose the unbelief of the lost world because it is their unbelief that condemns. Can I remind you of that night that Nicodemus came to Jesus as recorded in John chapter 3? And you'll find there in 18 an incredible truth. I want you to be turning there. John chapter 3, many of you know uh, verse 16. We've committed it to memory early in our Christian life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But I want you to look down just two verses later to verse 18. John 3, 18. Look what it says. He who believes in him, meaning Christ, he who believes in him is not condemned. Now, now watch very carefully. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see, herein is the condemnation. This world has chosen not to believe in Jesus Christ. He has come with his words. He's come with his works. This is an unbelief that is staring in the eyes of, of irrefutable evidence and yet choosing not to believe. And the choosing not to believe is what brings about the condemnation. And this is what we're seeing right here. Holy Spirit is going to expose that the common denominator that condemns all mankind is not God in his wrath and justice condemning, but they're refusing to accept the gospel. Refusing to accept the love of God personified in Jesus Christ. Folks, God doesn't condemn. Not in this sense. We condemn ourselves when we refuse to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, that alone has the power 
to save our souls. So Holy Spirit, the first thing he's doing is to convict or reprove the world of the sin of unbelief. Now take your Bibles and turn to Philippians, if you will, chapter 2. I'm going to catch up with you in just a minute. Go ahead and be turning to Philippians chapter 2. The second thing it says here that Holy Spirit does is in verse 10. Holy Spirit convicts the sinner of righteousness. Now, this sounds really strange. He convicts the sinner of righteousness. It, it, you would think that he's going to convict the sinner of the sinner's unrighteousness. Doesn't that make sense? But that's not what's said here. He convicts, convicts the sinner of righteousness. Well, whose righteousness? Not, not my righteousness as a Christian. And certainly not the righteousness of the lost person, because those are definitely what Isaiah said are filthy rags. Whose righteousness? We see, as he makes it very, very clear in verse 10, of righteousness because I go to my Father. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You see, this world had looked at Jesus and said, he's a hoax. He's a hoax. He's, he's not who he says he is. They called him a, a, a blasphemer, a lawbreaker, a deceiver, and even demon-possessed. They refused to be convinced or convicted that he was the righteous son of God. But they will. They will be convinced. They will be convicted. Either in this life, as Holy Spirit opens their eyes and they come to faith in the Lord, or the day will come. Spoken of here in Philippians chapter 2, if you'll find verse 9. There will come a time that they will be convinced that Jesus is who he says he was. That he indeed is the righteous, holy Son of God. Philippians 2, 9 says, Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And look at this, that at the name of Jesus, look at this, every knee should bow. There's the first thing. Those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. And the second thing, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There will come a time either in this life when we're convicted of our sins or as we stand before the eternal God. This world is going to confess that Jesus Christ is indeed who he says he was, the righteous, holy Son of God. I beg you, my friends, if you've never come to faith in Christ, make this decision now. Make this decision now. How is it? That this world is going to be convicted and convinced that Jesus Christ is the righteous, holy Son of God. It's through the church, through believers. Holy Spirit, working through those whose lives are yielded to them, are going to share the gospel, share their stories of transformation. They're going to live godly and holy and righteous lives before this world. And the world is going to look and say, look. Jesus must be who he said he is. Because look how he's transformed these lives. Listen to the story that they tell of transformation. Listen to the means by which they said they're saved. There must be truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a delicate balance here and one that we always have to keep in mind. It is never my job or yours to bring conviction into the life 
of somebody we're trying to see come to faith in Christ. That's Holy Spirit's job. Holy Spirit convicts the world of the sin of unbelief and of the righteousness of Christ. Only he can do that. So what is our role? Our role is to faithfully, obediently share our stories of transformation, share the gospel of Jesus Christ, share with them the transformation that's possible. Even join Christ in pleading with the Father that they would indeed come to faith and be reconciled to God. That's our role. Let's not ever overstep our bounds. I've never been able to successfully bring conviction into anybody's heart, and neither have you. That's something that only Holy Spirit can do. But he does that always in absolute communion, in absolute cooperation, in absolute harmony with the church, either individually or collectively, sharing the gospel, sharing the story of, uh, of transformation, preaching and teaching and, and exhibiting truth. That's how he chooses to act. When Holy Spirit has a yielded Christian, a yielded church, who are faithfully sharing their story, sharing the gospel, preaching the word of God, living godly, uh, separated lives, then he comes in and he anoints with an unusual supernatural power that individual, that family, that community, that church, and people see and hear and they're convicted of their sin of unbelief. And they're convicted that Jesus Christ is the righteous, holy Son of God. And there's a third thing here too. And look at verse 11. You'll see it. Holy Spirit convicts the lost sinner of judgment. Now, again, this is a little different. Right away when I read that, I think, oh, Holy Spirit's going to kick, convict them of their judgment, that there's coming a day that they're going to be judged. They're going to stand before God, and God may condemn them. No. Here again, Jesus interprets that. Look at verse 11. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Hmm. He's going to convict the sinner that Satan has been judged and found guilty of being the one who has kept them in blindness, kept them in darkness. They're going to suddenly realize, I have been enslaved to the power of the prince of darkness. I have been a part of the darkness. But now the light of God has shone in my life, and now I see truth, and the, the gospel has convicted my heart. You see, it's the judgment of Satan that is clearly refer, being referred to here. When the lost sinner is truly under conviction, he will see the folly and the evil of their unbelief. He will confess that Jesus measures up to be the righteous Son of God, and he will realize that he's under the condemnation of the enemy and that God and God alone through Christ can set him free. And the gospel finds a home. As lost people, we have to come to the same place that is spoken of in John 8, I think it's verse 44, where Jesus is speaking to those who are unbelievers. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. 
You know, that's where I was. I was not altogether aware of it at all. I mean, I knew that I did what I wanted to do, and I really didn't care who it upset. But I didn't realize that behind me, driving behind me, is because I was acting out my lineage. And the lineage was that Satan himself was my father. And that I was blinded, and I could not see and could not understand the truth. But then, then I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I went to church with a cousin. And I heard a pastor share the simple gospel. And all of a sudden, not because I was smart, but because Holy Spirit just took the blinders off of my eyes, I saw the truth of the Word of God, and I said, yes, that's what I want. Yes, I realize my sinfulness. Yes, I see God in His holiness. And yes, I understand that my only hope to be redeemed from being a slave of Satan is to give my life to Jesus Christ. I did that that day. And I continue to walk in the difference he made in my life. And that's a decision you can make today, dear friends. If you've never come to faith in Christ, we're going to talk about how you can receive Jesus Christ, just like I did, as your personal Lord and Savior. But what I want you to see, all of you believers especially, is until there's this brokenness over sin, until there's this brokenness that indeed Jesus is the Christ, until there is this brokenness that helps us to see that we have been enslaved, we have been in bondage and need to be set free. Until that conviction happens, there'll be no conversion. There's no conversion without conviction, and there's no conviction apart from the Spirit of God taking the Word of God and applying the truth of God into our lives. Now, here's what I want you to see. These, these ministries coming together. Holy Spirit ministers through the church. And he does this by comforting <clears throat> and encouraging the believers. And then he does that by bringing conviction upon the world, using the church and them sharing the gospel, them sharing their stories, and them living godly lives. The third ministry we see right here is how Holy Spirit is the teacher who counsels the church. Fill in your blanks there. Holy Spirit is the teacher who counsels the church. Jesus was always very careful these three years that he walked with his disciples. He knew everything that they needed to know, but he knew he could only give them things in bite-sized pieces. They could only handle so much, and he knew what they needed to know and when they needed to know that. Holy Spirit is our teacher today. And he knows what he needs to teach us and when is the right time and what is the right way. If you compare chapter 14 and verse 26 with 16, 13, you see something amazing. Look back at chapter 14 and, and verse 26. Let me read that to you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, first, He'll bring all things to your remembrance that I have said to you. And then look at 1613. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak not of his own authority, but whatever he hears of me, he'll speak. And he will tell you things to come. These two verses, when you put them together, explain how we got our New Testament. How we got the, 
The Bible you hold in your hand from Matthew to Revelation. It says Holy Spirit is going to, <clears throat> excuse me, remind them of things Jesus taught them. That's the Gospels. He was going to guide them into all truth. That's the epistles, the letters. And show you things yet to come. That's the book of Revelation. Holy Spirit's job made clear in two little verses to bring the eternal word of God to us. And here's what Jesus wanted us to know here. The work of the Holy Spirit is never going to be removed from the Word of God, which is Jesus himself, and the written Word of God, which is the Scriptures. Holy Spirit will work together with these and with our witness and with our sharing the gospel and with our godly lives to bring conviction on this world. Folks, I want you to feel absolutely surrounded by the Godhead today. I want you to feel encouraged. Because as we move into this time that we're in right now and try to work our way back into whatever our new normal is going to be when we can start getting back to church and uh, when we can first gather just, you know, just a few here and there and still wearing our mask and taking all of our precautions, slowly find a way to get back into our Bible study groups and all of these things. We're, we're going to have to take our time and pace ourselves. But in the meantime, this is hard. Some of you have had your hours severely cut back. Some of you lost your jobs entirely. Some of you who have, depending on, on your uh, your Money you have set aside, money you have invested. The stock market is plunged, and you're challenged financially as well. We find ourselves in difficult times. I mean, who, who would have thought that you had to go to the grocery store three, four, five times to find toilet paper? Only in the world we're living in now, the crazy world we're living in now, it's easy to get discouraged. As your ministers and I are, are calling you on the phone and talking to you, we, we, we find so much, boy, this is so hard. It's so hard to be a, apart from one another. We're so discouraged. Folks, we're not under persecution like Jesus was talking about here. But we're under difficult times, dark times, times that we need Holy Spirit in all of his ministry to us. But I want you to see from this passage Holy Spirit is here to encourage us, to comfort us. He's here to continue to partner with us as he convicts this world. And not only that, to lead us into truth, to help us see him in the midst of this very, very difficult time. Jesus loves you, brothers and sisters in Christ. He loves you so much. He loves you way too much to have ever abandoned you. He loves you right now in this difficult time. And even though he knew the difficult times were coming, he sent us his Holy Spirit so that we would not walk through this alone, but that Holy Spirit would abide in our heart and he would be our encourager. He would be the one to empower us in our witness and he would be the one to enable us to see truth in the midst of all of the craziness that's going on. Do you sense his love? Do you sense his presence? He so wants you to today. I want us to start, first of all, by praying just among y'all who are believers right now. I want to pray especially for those members of my church. 
But I want to pray for all believers everywhere because these are difficult times. Our son up in Washington State, there seems to be no end to the sheltering in place up there. And they're all across our nation. They're going through difficult times. We're seeing nationwide and here in our state a decrease in the number of cases and a decrease in the number of deaths. But still those numbers mount on a daily basis. And the news said this morning that, that in the next couple of weeks we may see as many as thousands a day die at the hands of the coronavirus during these times oh how we need to lean on Holy Spirit will you pray with me believers Father God at this time I pray in a unique anointing among my brothers and sisters in Christ it's so easy to be discouraged right now it's so easy to get feel so alone and shut up in our, our homes not here because we're going to be arrested if we go outside, but because it's the right thing to do. Our government has encouraged us to shelter in place. Some of us have been released from that order, but others remain under that protection. And so, Lord, right now we're longing to be back together, but we know that there's a high price to be paid if we don't do that very carefully. Fear is in the air. Anxiety. Loneliness, depression, not knowing how we're going to make it financially. Holy Spirit, come to our hearts right now. Impress upon us your presence. Make yourself so very real to us right now. Let us know you would never let us go through anything like this alone. But that you're here to comfort us with your presence. You're here to make our witness strong that we are not silenced, that we cannot share our stories, that we cannot share the gospel, and that you are not silenced where you cannot continue to see people saved. And you're here to teach us through this difficult time. And you have a purpose even for the difficult times you allow us to walk through. Holy Spirit, make yourself very real to us right now. May we be so keenly aware that you're with us right this moment. That you love us too much to ever forsake us or give up on us. You are here to see us through. God, we love you for that. We celebrate that. We bless you for that. In Jesus' name. Now, folks, can I speak just a moment to those of you that you know in your hearts You've never really committed yourself to Jesus Christ. These things I'm talking about today seem only vaguely understandable to you. The reason for that is the Holy Spirit has to open your eyes, has to take the veil of understanding away to where you can see and be saved. But you've sensed in your heart a tugging in your heart, a desire for these truths to be yours, a need have a brand new start in life. I need to have a Savior who knows you the way you are and loves you completely as you are. That's my Lord Jesus. Even today, maybe He's begun to part the curtain a little bit in your eyes and you've been able to see a God who loves you and a gospel that can set you free. If right now you would dare to believe that Jesus died on the cross to take your sins upon Himself, 
and that he rose again three days later so that you could have his life. If you're willing to turn from your way of doing things and turn to following Christ, Holy Spirit wants to come into your heart. He wants to cleanse you, forgive you. God wants to adopt you as his very own child. Jesus wants to receive you into the family. You just have to give him your heart and life. You just have to surrender to him. How do I do that, Pastor? You pray. Will you pray along with me? Let my words become your words and cry out to God right now. Dear God, I confess to you, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I dare to believe right now that when you died on the cross, it was to take my sins upon yourself. And when you rose again, it was so that I could have your life in mine. Right now, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to turn away from doing things my way. And I want to surrender to you. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Be my boss. I give myself to you. Father, I want to rejoice that my brand new brothers and sisters that have prayed that way today are now adopted in your family. My brand new brothers and sisters, I rejoice with you angels in heaven at the decision they've made and the difference you're going to make. Lord, bless them. Draw them to yourself. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Will you do this for me, please? We here at First Baptist Church genuinely want to rejoice with you with the decision you've made for Jesus Christ. Will you please contact us? There's information on the screen. Call the church number. One of our ministers will be glad to talk with you. Hopefully I'll be on call that I can do it. We'd love to share with you some truths from the Word of God and just encourage you as a new believer. Please do that. Thank you even now for doing it. Now, folks, until we can get back and be together, together, we are together in one heart. We love you. Pray for you daily. Let us know how we can minister to you. God bless you.